Welcome in, everybody, to the Beer Goggle Quarterback Podcast, where we recap the NFL's action of the week of that Sunday and get you ready for Monday Night Football. Uh, we take our beer-infused thoughts and and turn them into moderately coherent uh, takes on what happened in the games that happened, the games from early, earlier today. But I want to make sure you guys, if you're listening to the podcast on any of your podcast services, you can watch this live on Movies Plus. Go to mymoviesplus.com. And right there, after Sunday Night Football, at the conclusion of Sunday Night Football, you'll be able to watch every single week. So I recommend that you do that and welcome in my co-host, Billy Sachs. How are you doing, Billy? Doing well. Had an exciting day of football, and I'm excited to talk to all of you about it tonight. All right. So let's get right into it. Billy, lead us off with the Thursday night football game. Starting off, uh, starting us off on Thursday night football, we had the Vikings versus the Eagles, and the Eagles are getting some Swifties after, and I'm not talking about Taylor after DeAndre Swift rushed for over 175 yards on the ground. Uh, the Vikings almost squeaked one by, but they had Valhalla fumbles, and they were not able to get it done. They lost 34 to 28. My Big sack of the game, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, uh, he looked pretty good. Um, do you think he's going to try and uh, go after Taylor Swift now? Because it'll be easy for the, the the last name, and he could take Travis Kelsey out. I 100% agree, and I think uh, people in Detroit's front office are kicking themselves for getting rid of him. Yep, especially after this week's game. Uh I got the Bengals versus the Ravens. The Bengals bungled their season opener, but Joe Burrow cut his hair after the loss. And this becomes a, if this becomes a trend, then he might be sporting a Matt Hasselbeck haircut by week eight. It took the Bengals almost half the game to finally have any offensive success this season. But by the time they found the end zone, it was too little too late. The Ravens had built a lead behind two TDs from Lamar Jackson, who also added 54 yards rushing as the Ravens send the Bengals to 0-2 with a score of 27-24. to That was another exciting game with Lamar Jackson having a big game. Um, is the Bengals' defense even there anymore? I don't know. The Boo Birds were out for Joe Burrow, so I guess he's burrowed himself down in, and it looks like he has a calf strain. <laughs> And then while we're speaking of uh, birds, we had the Seahawks take on the Lions, and that was an exciting game. We had overtime. Um, not only did we have that, we had our first fucking flea flicker of the season. Yeah, that's right, a flea flicker. Um, it didn't do them any good, although they lost in overtime 31-37. Um, the big standout of that game, I'd have to say, is Geno Smith. He played... Great lights out football. He got it to different receivers, got it done when needed to be said. He's the big sack of the game. Yeah, and uh, I'll be, as somebody who put his money on the Lions, I was not too happy to see that happen. <laughs> but, um, but Geno Smith, again, proving that he can do it. Um, I don't know if this is for real or not, but let's take it for what it is. So now the Texans versus the Colts. And the matchup that 
only the players' parents were excited to watch, the Texans and Colts reminded fans that there is more to life than football and you can do other things on a Sunday afternoon rather than watch this game. Anthony Richardson, the exciting rookie QB for the Colts, scored two touchdowns early, but on the second TD, he concussed himself on the ever-popular artificial turf and was out for the rest of the game. Gardner Minshew took over and had the middle-aged moms going wild in the stands for more than his footballs. C.J. Stroud climbed the stepladder to look over his offensive line and find a few receivers, throwing for 384 yards and two touchdowns. But it was a 31-20 victory for the Colts as they outlasted the Texans in this yawn fest. What did you like about that game? I love seeing Gardner Minshew come out there and uh, have a big game. Uh, I've always been a big fan of him since he came from the Jaguars. Uh, I liked seeing C.J. Stroud overcome his diminutive, diminutive stature and uh, and start to show that, hey, maybe not all Ohio State quarterbacks suck ass. Now, do you think Houston has to worry about Damian Pierce? Uh, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got to see if he picks it up. He's having a lackluster year after his rookie season last year. But next not, up, so is far, the Bears versus the Bucks. The Bucks fought off some angry Bears for their booty, but after a long fight, the defense prevailed. Um, I must say, uh, Baker Mayfield has been looking a lot like he's gotten a lot better insurance these days, and uh, he's looking like the starting quarterback over there at the Bucks. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh... I don't know what Chicago's situation looks like right now because Chase Claypool, as we know, I'm a Steelers fan, so he's a lazy bum. But uh, Justin Fields looks like every other Ohio State quarterback that has ever come into this league. Um, And he missed some wide-open people and turned uh, what could have been a touchdown to multiple receivers on one play in particular into a sack. So uh, kind of uh, enjoying that one as a Michigan fan myself to watch another Buckeye struggle. I did see him uh, get a touchdown, though, after being called out for being lazy. So that's pretty nice for Claybor. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bitter Although he did, he did, he did lazy. He, he didn't go through his play and gave up an interception at the end. So it's a uh, uh, good old lazy pull. We called him Mapletron, yeah. embarrassingly here for a minute, because um, <laughs> he's from Canada and maple trees are from Canada, I guess. Um, <laughs> Next up, we have the Jaguars and the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes versus Trevor Lawrence was destined to become a shootout for anyone who took the over. But they proved us all idiots as they barely made it to a combined total of 26 points. T-Law's ponytail was too tight on this day as he missed some his fair share of open receivers. Kermit the Frog had his boy toy Travis Swift Kelsey back, but his best completion of the day was to his left tackle, Donovan Smith, who looked like the most surprised person in the stadium when Mahomes threw him a pass. The Chiefs showed some cracks, but prevailed and evened their record at 1-1 one and one over the Jagoffs by a score of 17-9. to nine. Um, I must say, uh, you're able to see right away with the Chiefs game, um, they were missing that defensive player that they got back this week, and I think they really appreciated having him back on the field. They had to take him out, though, right, because of too many penalties? 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's just getting back into the play flow of things, if you will. And then uh, Kadarius Tony, uh, he also had a big game. Uh, I think he was had about 35 yards. So <laughs> I like when he doesn't do so hot. <laughs> yep. At least he caught the passes this year, this week. Yeah, so that's a big plus for him. Then uh, after that, we had the Falcons take on the Packers. Now, Jordan Love had a big day with three touchdowns, but it was not enough. Uh there was a lot of there was a lot of young hoes out there, and uh, he got a lot of points. But uh, when it was all said and done, Bijan had over 125 rushing yards, so he would be the big sack of the game for me. Oh well, Jordan Love, did you see his beautiful <laughs> off uh, false start that he caused the offensive line to do, where he? Looked like me coming in after drinking a case of beer and trying to find my way into the bathroom, and he just stumbled his way into the right and literally pushed the whole offensive line off. If you haven't seen it, go online and just search into Twitter, Jordan Love, and you'll see the gif. It's fantastic. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> I wasn't watching that game exactly. <laughs> Bills versus Raiders. The Bills and the Raiders was the matchup of the QB that every man wishes they looked like versus the QB that every man actually probably looks like. Jimmy G was hoping to beat the pudge out of Josh Allen, but instead it was Allen who returned from to form, going 31 for 37 for 274 yards and three touchdowns. The hapless Raiders showed they may be from Vegas, but betting against them is no gamble, as they drop this one by a score of 38 to 10. Uh, felt good seeing uh, Josh Allen playing like the old Josh Allen again. Uh, I like to root for the Bills when the Giants aren't doing so hot, so it was good to see Josh Allen back out there and the hype train getting back on track. Yeah, we'll see if this is uh, him getting back to himself or what the anomaly was because, I mean, frankly, we had for a long time uh, he had returned to his form and it was a pretty big trend, so I don't know. I don't know if turnover uh, if he's going to turn back into the turnover machine, but we'll see. We'll see. Only time will tell. And uh, next up, we have the Chargers take on the Titans, and the Chargers without Eckler were more like Trinkle Chargers. Um, they were two for fourteen on third down conversions. Um, they really couldn't catch a break when they came to the end of the game. And the Titans squeaked it out, winning 27-24. The fighting uh, Tannehills. Yeah, the fighting Tannehills. Ryan, I got a hot wife, Tannehill. <laughs> he uh, ran for a touchdown and actually got one done in the air, too, um, which was a big bounce-back game for him, too, I think, from last week, too, because uh, he played terrible last week. So it, he looked a lot more like Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Uh, in what was a closer game than expected, the Rams kept it close with the 49ers, who are averaging 30 points per game this season through two weeks. Matthew Stafford looked good, but for the Rams, the story was Puka Nuka, who was Puka-ing all over the record books as he set the record for the most receptions and yards in a receiver's first two games in NFL history. Ultimately, it wasn't enough as San Fran held on to win 30-23. to How amazing was it to see him do that? That It's like Cooper Cup who? Yeah. 
He's like the new league winner in fantasy football. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I would I mean, know because I snagged him in one of my leagues. I'm not going to lie. After week one, I tried to get him probably all of my waiver wires and did not successfully get him in one. So I got that going for me. Yeah. After that, we had uh, my Giants take on the Cardinals. I thought this was going to be a blowout. And then the Giants had me giving up on them at halftime. But once I thought I was done with football, they brought me right back in as they brought back one of the biggest comebacks in Giants history. And I think the biggest one in the NFL since 1941 or 1949, if I stand corrected. Um, Daniel Jones kept getting it done. Now we might be in trouble with Shaquan Barkley being out. We'll have to see what the doc says. But what do you think about that? Oh, well, that one I certainly needed because I was sitting there uh, at this point during the Sunday uh, NFL Red Zone binging. I had moved my way over to my in-laws, and there was a little bit of a gathering there. And I was at half, close to halftime of all the afternoon games bragging about how literally every single one of the teams that I picked in the four-team parlay to uh, that I betted on, uh, put a bet down on, they were all losing um, or tied. And the, and the Giants were one of the teams I picked, and they were falling apart, and they were way behind. Uh, and so I thought there was no chance. Um, and then at halftime, I went outside, played a little football with the kids in the backyard, and come back in, and all of a sudden we had ourselves a game. So uh, that plus the, uh, the Broncos game and everything that saved me, and I ended up going four for four and hitting that parlay. Oh, that's a beautiful thing right there. <laughs> Yep. So the Cowboys and the Jets. It is not a beautiful day in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood for the Jets as Mr. Rogers left. And now the guy that moved in his place is the Cougar chasing Zach Wilson. Zach may score a lot, but unfortunately it's not on the field. It's with other people's moms. The Cowboys laid a beat down on the on a team from New York. Let me let me get this one over again because uh, it's worth it. The Cowboys laid a beatdown on a team from New York, Jersey City for the second week in a row. Sauce Gardner deleted his Twitter after the game. Maybe it was so he could just ignore the highlights of him dropping a possible game-changing potential pick six. Or maybe he was just tired of seeing uh, rumors about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Even still, the Cowboys showed the power of Big D with a 30-10 to 10 victory. That was a great game. Um, Jets, I think, are in trouble without Aaron Rodgers. I think they're panicking. What are they going to do? Um, do you think they try to make a trade for somebody or do they try to sit it out with Wilson? What do you think? I think the smart move for them is to sit there and just let it let it play. And if he's not the one, then you'll find out now. Because... Um, you're not going to salvage anything. There's nobody out there on the scrap heap that's worthwhile. Our next game of the week was the Commanders versus the Broncos, and the Broncos almost looked untamable in the first half, um, going up, taking the lead early. But the Commanders took the reins, pulled back, and took the lead back from them to take the lead to 35-33. Um 
I would have to say one of the big players of the game for me would be Sam Howell. They finally have a young quarterback with uh, some brass, some moxie, if you will. He's willing to make the throws, and he looked really good today uh, in that victory over the Broncos. What do you think? I agree. I think uh, Sam Howell looks pretty good, uh, and that was a heck of a comeback. But I love just seeing Russell Wilson struggle because i just think his arrogance and everything is so annoying and i can't i can't handle him so anytime i can see him go down that's great you're not let's ride type of guy no bronco nation let's ride (laughs) um all right and then on sunday night football we had the patriots versus the dolphins it was a battle of the big slob versus the little dweeb that could go for either bill belichick versus mike mcdaniel or mac jones versus tua tagaviola but The Dolphins moved the ball up and down the field on the Patriots, who are still trying to figure out life after Brady. Tyreek Hill found the end zone, and not uh, Raheem Mostert most definitely found the end zone twice. It looked like a runaway, and the Dolphins basically controlled the game the whole time. But at the end, the Patriots were able to climb within seven points. They had the ball on the Dolphins' side of the field under two minutes with no timeouts left. And they completed a fourth down pass to Mike Gesicki, but he was short of the line to gain. He tossed it back to an offensive lineman who plowed his way forward and fell just inches short. Every offensive lineman's dream was shattered on that moment. And uh, and the Patriots go 0-2 for the first time since the Tom Brady era started. The last time they went 0-2... Uh, Drew Bledsoe had just been uh, basically relegated, hit for hit by a New York Jets player onto the bench, and he was there to stay. And then Tom Brady came out. Uh, but I do love seeing the fact that I, I love seeing that the Patriots are struggling without Brady because uh, you know Belichick, he kind of sucks without him. Yeah, everybody for years always said it wasn't Brady, it was Belichick, it was Belichick. Now you saw Brady go win a Super Bowl without Belichick and. Belichick hasn't been doing so hot without Tom Brady, so I don't know if it was so much the coach over the QB anymore. And that is our week that was in the NFL. Um, So, all right, Billy, who is your biggest winner for this week? I would have to say the biggest winner for me would have to be I'm a little selfish. I want to say the Giants getting a win, but obviously that's not going to count. You know, mm-hmm. um, I would have to say my biggest winner is the Cowboys are kind of showing they're the real deal. They put 30 points up on a defense that was heralded as one of the best defenses in the NFL. I hate to say it, but Dak Prescott made it through the game without another interception. I think in the first two games of the season, the new offense with them is looking really good. Uh, They're able to score on the Jets' defense. So um, I know Sauce Gardner should have had a pick six, but it didn't really turn over. But So I'm going to have to give it to uh, Dallas' offense for this week. Yeah, Sauce should have had that pick, Um, but uh, but it didn't – it obviously did not pan out um, that way. I'm trying to think of who my biggest winner is because, frankly, a lot of the early games kind of went the opposite of what I thought was going to happen. Um, so nobody really stuck themselves out. Uh, but I, w- I would probably say that 
the Washington Commanders are my biggest winner because it looks like they have one in in their quarterback there. And uh and to me, that's what it's all about. You know, that's why as a Steelers fan, I don't know if you can tell with my multiple Steelers logos that I'm adorn wearing at the time. Um as soon as I knew as soon as Ben was in the last stage of his career, I kept saying, All that matters is that as soon as he's done, you pick the next guy. And if it's not him, you get the next guy and you get the next guy. You don't try to build anything else. You you just fill in the gaps, but you need the guy. And Sam Howe, to me, early on, looks like the guy. Um, it, to, I think he actually looks more the guy, like the guy than, than Brock Purdy. You know, everybody is just, you know, weak at the knees for Mr. The Purdy man. But um, I don't – like, he missed some – he overthrows people all the time. He plays in an incredible system that got Jimmy Garoppolo to three NFC championship games and won one of them. Um, I don't know. I just don't see it. What about you? Uh, well, I wouldn't say anything bad about Brock Purdy um, just because that's Mr. Irrelevant. So this is a guy that wasn't supposed to even make a starting team. You know what I mean? And now he uh, – took over Trey Lance's spot and he got traded away to the Dallas Cowboys. So. So in your mind, you think Sam Howell is that dude that the commanders thought he would be. And I don't think they're going to have that much problems. I think going forward, he's going to improve a lot. And then he's got a lot of weapons there with scary Terry and all the others. Then that Brian Robinson uh, bullets can stop that guy. This guy's out there running all over everybody still. So. Yeah, um, I, I do think probably... Sam Howell's that guy too. But I, I I'm a Brock Purdy fan, so I'm going to stand up for okay. Brock Purdy myself. You stand up for Mister Purdy, the Purdy man. Um, yes, sir. I mean, I think we have an, a, a little shout out to another big winner would probably be the Atlanta Falcons. Two and zero. Desmond Ritter looks pretty good. Uh, but I, I was actually penciling in the Packers for my big winner of the week because. They it looks like they found a good quarterback again, um, and that sucks ass for everyone involved outside of that little town of Green Bay. But um, but it, I I mean they had that game in hand. I actually it was one of those I had I had uh, I had put money on the Packers, and I got one of those. It was like cash out for exactly you know ninety percent of what your payout would be if they won. And I was like, well, why would I do that? Because obviously they're going to win. Uh, and I let that slip through the uh, the butt cracks. But um, House always wins. Yeah. So um, I, I got to get I, hats off to Atlanta. Um, we'll see if they're for real as the season goes on. But, uh, but yeah, now uh, on to the biggest losers, Billy. Who were Who's the biggest loser of this week in your mind? I don't want to say it's the Bengals because of the Joe Burrow contract and he's not playing very uh, $275 million. Like, granted, he played a lot better than he played last week. Um, but I don't know. The Bengals are not playing like a team that they were the last couple years where everyone thought the Bengals were actually a good team again. You know what I mean? Um 
I would put them up there as one of the biggest losers. And I don't know. Um, maybe the Bears, because what are they going to do? They they can't seem to get anything right. <laughs> if you destroy a talent like Justin Fields, I don't think another quarterback's going to do anything for you. Yeah, they're kind of they're 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 really effed to be honest. Um, they, uh, I don't think Justin Fields is it. I didn't think that when he was in college. Again, my my Michigan um, blue is showing through there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I just was like, he's not an NFL quarterback. And you show me an NFL quarterback that's come from Ohio State, and I'll I'll shut up. But um, but uh, yeah, I. I think my biggest loser has to be the Bengals because there's more wrong than just Joe Burrow not playing well. Um, And this is supposed to be, you know, they paid him and now you got to like, you don't have enough money to spread around. So any of the, any of the problems that they had, I don't think they can really fix as easily. Now their coach, I think is not a good coach. Um, what's his name? Zach, uh, whatever. Uh, he was like a Sean McVay disciple or whatever. And I've thought from day one, I was like, this guy kind of sucks. And then they got Joe Burrow, and I was like, as a Steelers fan, this is okay for me to watch the Bengals suffer. Um, but I was like, the worst case scenario for the Bengals is that they had this coach who's not a good coach. I mean, you can see it. He just kind of looks like a like on the sideline. Like I'm not really Ooh, sure what's happening, but like, should we go for it? Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of afraid of my wife, so like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and he's just not the alpha male that you need. And and so whenever they pick Joe Burrow, I was like, oh my god, you know, it really, really f the Bengals would be if they if they had some success but didn't make it to the promised land. And they end up locking up and and choosing their forever dance partner with uh with this coach, and that's kind of what happened has happened to this point. So yeah, they're they're my biggest loser. But I also think uh, the Chicago Bears have to be kicking themselves. I mean, kicking themselves because they gave Justin Fields first of all. Obviously, doesn't look like he's the guy, but they gave us they gave the Steelers us as if like I play for them. Um <laughs> they gave us the 32 the the first pick in the second round which ended up being the 32nd pick because of Miami losing a pick. So essentially they gave us the last pick of the first round in exchange for Chase Claypool. And Chase Claypool they're talking about sitting him um because they're not really happy with his uninspired play, his lack of effort and um and yeah, I I just think that that organization has to be sitting there kicking themselves and looking at a lot of the decisions that they've made and realizing eh, we kind of effed up. Oh yeah. So now we'll move on to my favorite segment, the funky butt loving moment of the week. Butt loving. Billy, what was your funky butt loving moment of the week? Mine overcame itself in the end, but my 
funky butt loving moment was laughing all week again at everybody saying the Cardinals are the worst offense in the NFL. There's no chance the Giants are going to blow them out. And then sitting there at halftime getting blown out by the Cardinals trying to hide myself in the room so nobody sees me and makes fun of me for the rest of the night. But then then they came over and I got a, the last laugh, so to speak. My funky butt loving moment is um <laughs> I'll just play this uh, uh you probably can't really see it well, but this is the play of Donovan Smith um on the Chiefs. <laughs> this is really poor. Yeah, but... <laughs> if you if you can't if you're not watching this visually if you're listening, Donovan Smith left tackle for the Chiefs. Um, Patrick Mahomes scrambling around on like it was like a third or fourth and like half a yard, <laughs> and Mahomes is scrambling around and just at the last second just fires the ball right at his left tackle who tackle who was eligible. <laughs> <laughs> But you have to watch the video because he catches the ball and literally does nothing. Like he looks like he's surprised that happened. That's what I shared on Twitter. I shared on Twitter. I said <laughs> the video and I said, when you've been dozing off and daydreaming during a meeting and then out of nowhere, somebody throws it to you and all you heard was your name. Because <laughs> he's like he just got the ball and was like, uh, and then he got tackled and just big, you know, the big man falls over. Yeah, Ugh. you would think he'd have the instincts to just move, do something. He just literally froze. <laughs> yeah, if he literally just fell to the side, he would have been fine. So I, that's my funky butt loving moment of the week. Oh man, that's a good one. <laughs> and last but not least, prediction time. So let's see. My Steelers are playing on Monday Night Football, but uh, who are the who's the early game? Because tomorrow's a twin bill. It's the Saints versus the Panthers. The Saints versus the, versus the Panthers. Uh, another one where only the moms of the players will be watching. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what what do you think? What's your prediction for those two games? Uh, I'll let you go with that first. Um, First game, I'm going to go with the Saints. I think uh, Carr, uh, Michael Thomas, he was uh, looking a little bit more like the Michael Thomas of old uh, last week. So I think they're going to keep that going, uh, keep improving. So I think the Saints are going to win that game. Um, and then the second game, I think the Steelers are going to pull through and get back on track. You know what I mean? Uh, kind of like the – uh, not the Browns, the Bills were – hyped up all in the preseason how good they were going to be and everything and then they got shook the first week but i think they're shaking off the cobwebs uh the giants had the same problem but it took them a whole extra half so a game and a half but the giants got there hopefully they will be the second half team from now on and i think the steelers are gonna beat the browns now get back on track and show what they're all about yeah i think the saints are gonna go marching in and win uh, big time. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to say big time because that makes it sound like I'm saying, "Hey, they're going to cover." Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think that the Saints look to to be taking this one, and then the Steelers. Um, 
here's the predicament that I'm in. It's uh, I try to whenever I do place a wager, I try to do it based on what I think is going to happen, not on what I want to happen. Um, for example, today, did I want the Ravens to beat the Bengals and go up to get uh, two and zero on the record and take the top of the division for themselves potentially? No. Um, but what did I think was going to happen? I thought Joe Burrow was going to struggle. Um, so here's where I struggle though, because now I'm in this conundrum where I want the Steelers to win. I also think they're going to win. And now that has me, that has me second guessing my th- myself. Cause I'm like, wait a minute. Am I just being, am I looking through my black and gold underwear? And um, <laughs> that's, that's why I'm making this decision. Um, but I don't think, I mean, first of all, the Steelers have not lost at home on Monday night football since 1991. Um, Ooh, fact there. So I was four years old, no, five, five years old. Um, here's how long ago it was. This, the pirates on that day, that the day of that game, the pirates played an afternoon game in the NLCS against the Atlanta Braves and beat them and then flew home and Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla, who were on the Pirates, showed up to Monday Night Football and the crowd went freaking wild for them. And so that's how long ago uh, the Steel- it's been since the Steelers lost at home on Monday Night Football. Um, doesn't mean it can't happen, uh, but I think Kenny settles into his settles into himself and I think the right tackle being out for the Browns is a huge, huge advantage for the Steelers oh, yeah. because he is a rookie who is going to get destroyed by TJ Watt. So I look for TJ to have another uh, big game. Everyone, again, I know I'm a Steelers fan, but everyone's like, oh, Miles Garrett, oh, he's incredible. Yeah, he's good. Um, everybody talks about all the other edge rushers, and everybody's forgetting like TJ had three sacks last Sunday. The Steelers sucked. But TJ had three sacks. He should have have he should be the he owns the single season sack record. He's tied for it. He should actually have it. Um, and he only played 15 games that season. This guy is a beast. I think he's gonna feast. And I think the Steelers win comfortably tomorrow. I agree with Dan. TJ Watt is a monster. Like and being down there starter there, TJ Watt, like you said, is gonna have a monster day, I think. And I think Kenny throws for two touchdowns, and that's significant because he hasn't actually thrown for two touchdowns yet in his career. But uh, it's also all of you people out there that sit there and like the hate on Kenny Pickett, I can tell you right now, if they suck again, I'm going to go in. I have the NFL Plus. I'm going to go in to the coaches cam and watch every single offensive play and watch how terrible Matt Canada is at calling plays, how terrible his play design is because I'm sitting there watching the Dolphins tonight and seeing all the motion and how they're getting Tyreek Hill open. I'm like, Jesus, like, I would love for us to do that. Um, so yeah, I, that's, that's where I'm, I'm planting my flag. I mean, I graduated from Pitt too. So, you know, me and Kenny Pickett share a couple things there, but, uh, but I think he, he pulls through and I think it's going to be a nice night for the Steelers. 
And um, that would do it for this week's Beer Goggle Quarterback Podcast. Uh, Rob, oh, Billy Sachs, sorry. I accidentally gave out your real name there. (laughs) Thanks for uh, sharing your insights. This is your fictitious CEO, Chip Wagon Blaster, signing off. And we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good night.